The kid in front of me was this little guy who started talking to me out of the blue while we were waiting in line. This was a football camp at the University of Georgia, and they had grouped high school prospects alphabetically as we got ready to run the 40-yard dash. So I just thought this little guy was friendly, and he was, but he also had an ulterior motive, as I found out right before it was his turn to run. Hey, big boy, the kid said. Put your foot down right here for me, would you? I did, and he used my foot as his starting block for the 40. That was my first encounter with Kirby Smart. You could see it even then. He was a competitive guy with talent and a mind at work. He was probably already plenty fast, but why not use all the tools available to you? And apparently, my foot was one of them. We would be teammates and often classmates for four years at Georgia on different sides of the ball. There isn't a lot of direct interaction between an offensive tackle and a safety, but even from the trenches, you couldn't help but notice and appreciate his awareness. Kirby was hyper-aware. By this, I don't mean simply understanding his assignment or even everyone else's assignment. There are plenty of guys who are smart enough to know that. What I mean is he had an ability to be detail-oriented on a specific play while also understanding and seeing how it fit in the bigger picture of the game. It's the difference in between knowing what to do and why you're doing it. It felt like he was always able to do that, and I think it was a big part of how he became an all-SEC defender. That and the fact he was pretty darn good. After our senior season, we went our separate ways. I went into the NFL, and Kirby went into coaching. A decade after we graduated, we reconnected. I was the TV game analyst for college football, and Kirby was the defensive coordinator at Alabama. Most coaches don't allow this, but when I was covering Alabama, Kirby would let me sit in on his meetings with his linebackers the Friday night before a game. I remember sitting there and being completely floored. What I saw and heard in that meeting, the amount of verbiage, checks, and adjustments, showed the system was next level in complexity. But complexity can be a disadvantage. It doesn't matter what a coach knows. What matters is what the players know. A slow player and a confused player look the same on film. What was remarkable was Kirby's mastery of the system and his ability to communicate it in a way where his guys could execute. I'd been around a bunch of coaches as a player and as a commentator. Kirby stood out. Fast forward a few years. The talk was swirling that Georgia might make a head coaching change. Mark Ritt had, build, had built the program into a destination job again. That wasn't always the case. I know because I was there when it wasn't, and so was Kirby. Coach Ritt put Georgia back where it belonged as a national title contender. The job was going to warrant interest across the coaching landscape, and despite the fact that he had never been a head coach before, Kirby had to be considered the top target because of his background and his pedigree. Besides, if you're going to be an assistant coach somewhere, Alabama was a great training ground. The start was not a smooth one. My TV crew covered the games, so I saw firsthand when Georgia lost at home to Georgia Tech and Vanderbilt and nearly lost to Nickel State, an FCS team. Not only did I call those games on television, but I met with Kirby in the days before. Despite the difficulties of that season, and there were more than a few, you never got a sense that it was too much, that he was sitting in a chair that he didn't belong in. It didn't seem like overconfidence either. It was more like a certainty that he knew where the program could go and how he, how he wanted it to get there. It was more than a cultural overhaul involving how the team practiced and changes to the off-season program. The way he was recruiting created a mass infusion of talent. That alone garners a heightened level of competition. Games are played on Saturday. They are won and lost Monday through Friday. 
If you can create that atmosphere where the toughest team you play most weeks is the one you face at Wednesday practice, then you have a chance at excellence. And now look at this Georgia program. They're always on the launch pad. They're poised for a championship every single year, and that's exactly where you want your program to be. That makes this a special story. Kirby's a Georgia guy. He grew up in Georgia, played at Georgia, and got his first head coaching job and maybe his only head coaching job at Georgia. He just needs one thing to make it perfect. That is a forward by Matt Stinscom, who was a first-team All-American offensive lineman at Georgia in 97 and 98. The forward is in the book Attack Today by Seth Emerson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Dropouts Podcast. I am Hunter, and I will be your host for this episode. JT is sick and will not be available for today's episode. Well, say a quick little prayer for our friend JT that he has a quick and speedy recovery so we can get him back on the show as soon as possible. CB is also not available for this episode, so it's just me, me and you, the listener. Guys, I'm not really a big fan of doing it this way in terms of just me talking, so I'm not really sure how this is going to go. Admittedly, I'm not overly comfortable with this, but there's still some things that I think need to be talked about before Georgia takes on Michigan in the Orange Bowl down in Miami. So we wanted to put something out there, right? This episode really isn't going to be that long. Um, This basically intended to kind of give really a score prediction and kind of some key players for the Georgia-Michigan game. Uh, I have some score predictions predictions from the other hosts of the show. But, uh, yeah, we just wanted to put something out there for you guys that are traveling down, you dog fans that are traveling down to South Florida to join the team to cheer them on in the Orange Bowl as Georgia takes the field against Michigan tomorrow, Friday. Yep, tomorrow. Uh, 31st, New Year's Eve, 7.30 p.m. Going to be a great game. We're going to give – I am going to give you my thoughts on this game as we get closer and closer to kickoff. Um. And, of course, I want to cover some other stuff, too. But, again, I don't want to keep you guys too long. But, hopefully, you guys are listening as you are traveling. And if you are traveling, please, dog fans, travel safe. Get down to Miami and cheer on our dogs to a a victory over the Michigan Wolverines. So, what you heard before our intro music was a little excerpt that I read. is actually the foreword from a book called Attack the Day. Seth Emerson wrote that uh, this book, the foreword, was actually written... Uh, contributed by uh, Matt Stinscom. He was a first-team All-American offensive lineman at Georgia in 97 and 98. Um, you're all familiar with Matt Stin- Stinscom, especially if you're uh, long-time dog fans, okay? And there's a reason why I felt the need to read that as kind of our intro to, to lead into the show because, guys, I, we're going to kind of – this is kind of going to be a rant to start the show. Not a long one. It's just some things that I got to get off my chest because right now, Dog Nation, the fans of our Georgia Bulldogs are extremely polarized. And quite frankly, I don't get it. Uh, and listen, I'm not one to tell people how to fan, right? I'm not going to tell you how to cheer on the team. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You do what you want to do. That's not what this is for. This is me sounding off on how 
some of you people decide how to be fans, okay? I'm not going to criticize you for it. You do what you got to do, okay? But so I got I want to call this a little bit of a, I don't want to call it a rant because even though that it is, but it's kind of like a little bit of fan cannibalism, a little bit, fanibalism, if we will. <laughs> so if you paid attention, and if you haven't checked out this book, Attack Today by Seth Emerson, check it out. It's a really good read. Really good read. It's called uh, Attack Today and Georgia's Return to Glory. It's basically about Kirby Smart and his journey to get to Georgia. Uh, really good, really good book. I hope Seth didn't mind me reading that forward uh, for the show. But anyway, I, I, we need to talk about this because if you, if you get on social media, and, and if, even if you don't get on social media and you listen to other fans talk, they're talking like, we're a 500 team, right? They're talking like we had a losing season. They're talking like we're competing in, you know, the AutoZone Bowl. I, and I don't understand because there are hundreds of other teams that would love to be in the position the Georgia Bulldogs are in coming up tomorrow. And not just tomorrow. There's hundreds of other teams that would love to be in the position Georgia is as a program. Okay, guys, I, I sincerely hope you as fans understand how good we have it right now. Do things always go our way? No. No. Have we beat Bama yet? No. And apparently that's really the only metric that matters to any of you. Is that if Kirby doesn't beat Bama, that's all over. Well, guess what? He didn't beat Bama in the SEC championship game this year. And guess what? It's not over. We still got a shot. And a darn good one. Okay? I can tell that some of the fans are relatively new fans. The ones that are being the loudest. The ones that are criticizing Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin and Stetson Bennett. I can tell that those are relatively new fans. Probably new to the fan base circa 2017 maybe. When Georgia really started to make noise in the playoff scene really becoming competitive because I doubt very seriously you guys were fans, hardcore fans, true fans in the Mark Richt era. You were casual fans at best during the Mark Richt years. And listen, that's not to criticize Mark Richt what I'm about to say here. That's not because everybody who knows me knows I grew up pretty much in not necessarily the Mark Richt era, but he was the longest tenure coach of my fandom. And I love Mark Richt as a person. And he did some great things as the Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs head coach. No one will ever deny that. But no one can ever deny that he also hit his limit. Okay? Ten win seasons was basically his, that was his peak. And again, nothing wrong with that. A couple SEC championships here and there. Knocked on the door of the, of the national championship in 2012. Under a heartbreaking loss to Alabama. Everybody who's dog fans remembers that one. That was tough. So anything, nothing I'm saying here today has anything to do with any kind of disdain or distaste for Mark Rick. I need that to be clear. I love Mark Rick. He's all dog. He's back in Athens. He loves Georgia. And Georgia, we, the players, the institution, the fans, we all love Mark Rick. But to... Think that Kirby Smart did not elevate the Georgia Bulldogs football program when he stepped through the door in 2016 
It's just silly. Yeah, 2016, kind of a washout year. It's a transition year. But 2017, that was special. Special football team. And here we are, fast forward to 2021, real quick. Because you've got fans that are just dumping on Kirby. Saying how his seat needs to be hot, needs to be warm. And I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. And it all revolves around the fact that he hasn't beat Bama. Or the fact that he keeps st- starting Stetson Bennett, who other who people are also dumping on. Why, I don't get. Is he Tom Brady? No, he's not. He's not the best quarterback in the country. He's not the quarter- best quarterback in the SEC. But he is the best quarterback that gives Georgia the best chance to win. That comes from Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin. Stetson Bennett has done everything he's been asked to do as a Georgia Bulldog. And for us to not be thankful for that and grateful for that, I got nothing for you. All you were clamoring for JT Daniels. I get it. He's a five-star. But what has he shown you? And this isn't anti-JT Daniels here, guys, but it most certainly is pro Stetson Bennett. And quite frankly, I don't care who marches out there tomorrow as QB1. I don't. It could be Jackson freaking Muschamp. I'm supporting this Georgia Bulldogs football team. Win, lose, draw. That's it. But if you don't want to do that, if you want to be negative, fine, do that. But do not expect myself or a lot of the fans to entertain it. Just know that when you start saying Kirby doesn't know what he's doing, Todd Munkin doesn't know what he's doing, you, the fan, talking like you are smarter than Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin when it comes to football, just know you come off as an idiot. I'm just being, I'm just speaking frankly here. You do. And it's just ridiculous. I, 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 I really have no mental space for that. I, I don't get it. Who would you rather have than Kirby Smart? Name one coach that you would rather have coaching Georgia than Kirby Smart, who absolutely loves the University of Georgia. It was his dream job. When Mark Rick got fired, there was one phone call made from Georgia to Kirby Smart. There was no search. There was, there was none of that. There was no other coach talked to. It was Kirby. And without hesitation, Kirby said, yep, I'm in. Because he's all dog. He loves that university. As much as you think you do, magnify it. Kirby loves it. Just as much as he loves the University of Georgia, he loves to win. And he wants to win nowhere else other than Georgia. So to think that his seat needs to be warm, it's just, it's, it's so asinine. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand how, how that can even be remotely a thought or a consideration. Because it doesn't make any sense at all. There's only a handful of coaches who's won national championships in the in the recent years. A handful, and that and I understand that's the metric we 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 measure coaches and programs up against. But only one can do it every year, guys. And Kirby will. Make no mistake about it. Kirby Smart will win a national championship at the University of Georgia. And it very well might be this year with Stetson Bennett. Todd Munkin told y'all yesterday. He told y'all yesterday that Stetson Bennett's the guy and why he's the guy. He also told you he's fully confident in Stetson's ability to not only get us to the national championship, but win it. I'm sorry, that's all I need to hear. And I see you fans on, on Twitter talking about, man, Kirby should just just go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say 
That's that since the starter. Why do you? Why does he got to say it? What do your eyes tell you? He has literally took the field as QB one for the majority of the season, but you just got to hear it for some reason. You're not smarter than Kirby Smart. I'm not smarter than Kirby Smart. This notion that Kirby Smart doesn't know what he's doing, yeah, he does. Just, just, just stop, because he does. I know that the QB position at Georgia in the in recent years has been a point of contention. Well, I think Kirby Smart's done the best he can with what he's got. And look, it's only going to get better. Brock Vandergriff, Carson Beck, Gunnar Stockton. That QB room is stacked. I don't know. I just, I just, I can't get my head around the whole Kirby Smart seat needs to be hot, and everybody just complete, just dumping on Kirby, mucking the Stetson. Guys, we gotta appreciate what we have here. You really do. Undefeated regular season. Many of you haven't seen that in your lifetime. May not see it again. That's difficult to do. I know what it is. I know what it is. We want what say we want what Alabama has. We want Kirby Smart to do what Nick Saban has done. Well, who doesn't? Everybody who's a fan of the football of a football team, they want their team, their coach to do what Nick Saban's done. There's a reason why Nick Saban is considered the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Because he's doing something no one else has done. And he's doing something that's going to be extremely, extremely. Let's go for a third one. Extremely difficult to replicate. I don't care how good of a coach Kirby Smart is or how good of a recruiter is. It's extremely difficult to build a dynasty like what Nick Saban does, has done in Alabama. And quite frankly, guys, it's not reasonable to expect Kirby Smart or any other coach for that matter to be able to reproduce that success. Can Kirby Smart do it? Can that happen at Georgia? Yes, of course it can. It's just that it's not that high of a probability. Georgia is housed in the most competitive conference in college football. They're not in the most competitive division in the most competitive conference in college football. But it's about to get more competitive. Tennessee's on the rise. Florida's on the rise. Who knows? South Carolina and Missouri may finally hit stride and get on the rise. What I'm saying is, is Nick Saban cannot be the metric that we put Kirby Smart up against. It's not fair. It's not fair. I know it's going to continue to happen. Media's going to do it. Fans are going to do it. We're going to continually put Kirby Smart and any 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 coach, Dabo Swinney, Ryan Day, they're all being going to be compared to Nick Saban. But again, I just I don't think that's a fair comparison. It's not because there's a reason why what Nick Saban is doing is so historic and so great because it's not going to be easy to replicate, if even possible to replicate. I don't know. We haven't seen it before now. I doubt very seriously we see it after now. Not at this level. And if there's anybody that can do it, though, I believe with all of my dog-loving heart that Kirby Smart can. He has done at Georgia what he's needed to do to build long-term success. 
He's been building this defense that you have seen on the field in 2021 since 2016. He's building the defense for 2024 right now. He's not looking for flash in the pan. He's not building his roster off the transfer portal. He's doing things to set Georgia up for long-term success. All I'm saying, guys, you fan how you want to fan. If you want to be negative and dump on Kirby and call for his job and hope and and, and wish Stetson Bennett would get hurt so that JT Daniels can can take the field and be the, be the guy, and if that's you, please stop listening. You're a terrible person. If you are wishing injury on one of our, of our players, any player really for that matter, but specifically our players, to hell with you. I ain't got nothing for you. That mindset, quite frankly, you can suck it. I, I, I have nothing for that. I, I will not get that. And I've seen many of you on Twitter say it, and as soon as I see you say it, you're blocked. Not that that means anything to you. I know you don't care. But just know that you're a terrible person for thinking that. We're an independent podcast. I can say whatever I want. You can't cancel me, really. So if you don't like what you're hearing, turn it off. Move on. This is for true dog fans, guys. Listen, for those of you who are complaining about Stetson Bennett and complaining about this Georgia football team, you clearly were not fans of this football team when Joe Terry essentially was the, was the quarterback or Joe Cox or Hudson Mason. And if any of those guys are listening right now or they catch wind of this, I'm sorry, but y'all were average at best, below average in some cases. We as Georgia fans, we have become so spoiled, man. We're almost to the point of entitlement that if Kirby doesn't beat Bama or doesn't run the table and doesn't get to Atlanta every single year, or if he does get to Atlanta, if he doesn't get to the playoffs every single year, we're griping and and, and pissing and moaning and wanting his job. And I, I just, whatever, man. I don't care who is the coach of Georgia. I don't care who the quarterback is of Georgia. I don't care who the OC, the DC is. That's my team. Good and bad. That's my team, and that will always be my team. I will always don the red and black. I bleed red and black. And so this podcast, this message is for is not for those. I mean, this podcast is for those who bleed red and black. This is for the true dog fans, win, lose, or draw. And this message I'm putting out here, this little diatribe I'm putting out here today, this is not a message for those true dog fans. This is for you guys that are fair weather, that are new to the fan base. These are, this is for the fans that don't understand how good we actually have it right now and how good we're going to have it down the road. We're an extremely blessed fan base right now. And I, for one, am very grateful for what Kirby Smart has done, for the staff he's built, for the players he's recruited, and for the players he's developed. I'm grateful for Stetson Bennett. Again, is he the best in the world? No, he's not. But by God, he's playing his heart out every time he steps on that field. And y'all, listen, he hears this stuff. He may not be on social media, but he still knows that there are fans wishing injury upon him just so they can see JT Daniels. Yeah, you ought to be pure ashamed of yourselves. If you've, thought, even, if you've said that, be ashamed of yourself for sure. But God, if you've even thought that, I, man, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know. That's, I, I can't get my head around it. And I don't want to understand that kind of mentality. I don't. I got nothing for it. Whatever happens tomorrow, I'm supporting that team. Doesn't matter. If they win, awesome. If they lose, they're still my team. 
Will I be disappointed? Of course. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to. I'm not going to tweet at the players. I'm not going to call for Kirby's head. I'm not going to put the put the blame on Stetson. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to express my disappointment. Say, man, I wish we could have won that game. But then I'm going to support my team and start looking forward to 2022. But you know what, guys? I firmly believe Georgia not only can win tomorrow, but does win tomorrow. That's my fandom. Every time Georgia takes the field, I expect them to win. I believe they can win. That'll never change. I don't care who the opponent is. I sincerely don't care who the opponent is. Every time those Bulldogs take the field, I believe they can win, and I expect them to win. And if they do, great. If they don't, still supporting them. Still believe they're going to win the next week. Now, I'm not sitting here on this soapbox to tell you I'm a better fan than you. That's not what I'm saying. You fan how you want to fan. But just know, if you're one of these people that are negative all the time, no matter what happens, no matter how good we have it, we are 12-1, and undefeated regular season, completely dominated everyone, every rival. And yet, people still have the audacity to say, Kirby doesn't know what he's doing. The negativity right now that exists, it's like people aren't even enjoying. Some fans aren't even enjoying the fact that Georgia is in the college football playoff again. Playing in the Orange Bowl against a quality opponent like Michigan. This affords Georgia another shot to get back to the national championship. And it's like you guys can't enjoy it. Because you think you're smarter than the head coach of the University of Georgia. All I got to say about that is, look, if you fan how you want to fan, but guys, listen, if you want to enjoy it, you best get over yourselves. Right? And accept the fact that you do not know. You have forgot. Kirby Smart has forgotten more about football than you will ever know. And I don't care that you played it in middle school and high school. It doesn't mean nothing to me. You heard what Matt Stenstrom had to say about Kirby Smart in that forward I read you at the beginning of this episode. If that doesn't bring you comfort in what we have as the head man at Georgia, I don't know what will. And you couple that with the success that he's had, man, I don't know what more you want. I mean, I do know what more you want. You want a national championship, so do I. And, again, Kirby Smart will get a national championship at the University of Georgia. You mark my words. You mark my words. And, guys, you better get ready, man. Kirby Smart is going to be at Georgia for as long as he wants to be there. He's dug in. For as long as Kirby Smart wants to be there, he's going to be there. I'm going to take a short break here, guys. Appreciate you listening to me rant. Hope I didn't offend too many folks. If I did, oh, well. Sorry. Take a short break. I'll be right back, and we'll. Uh, I'll throw you out some uh, some thoughts I have on the Orange Bowl. And give you my score predictions. See you in a minute. Welcome back, dog fans. Hey, we appreciate you sticking around and listening. Go ahead and subscribe to our podcast wherever you find your podcast: Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes. If there is a podcast platform, chances are the dropouts are on it. So please subscribe, and that way you see when we release new content. Follow us on Twitter. We're really active there. Uh, we don't do much on Facebook. Matter of fact, we don't do anything on Facebook. So. 
whatever. If your preferred platform of social media is, in fact, Facebook, um, you can like our page, but you know we don't do anything on it. Uh, we prefer to stay on Twitter. Uh, just much more. I don't know. Just a better, better platform in our opinion. But um, yeah. So let's get into this again. I, I'm by myself. Hopefully, uh, you guys have enjoyed this. Um, we don't. I don't tend to. I don't. I don't really intend to make this something that we do on a regular basis. Uh, JT and CB were not available, so hopefully we'll have those guys back for the um, episode after the Orange Bowl. But uh, let's talk about that real quick. And in our last episode, we told you all the ways that Georgia and Michigan stacked up from a statistical standpoint. Darn near mirror images, right? Darn near mirror images. Very close in most every statistical area. They have a good rushing offense. We have a good rushing offense. We have a good rushing defense. They have a good rushing defense. It's going to be a very interesting game, a very fun game, entertaining game, one that I anticipate to be hard fought. Whoever wins this game tomorrow will have earned it. This is literally a game that's going to be won in the trenches. Okay, I expect Michigan to try to throw some wrinkles out in their offense to try and trick the Georgia defense to keep them honest, a lot of motion, a lot of counter, all this kind of stuff. Brooks Austin will tell you all that stuff if you're not subscribed to uh, his Patreon where he does his film reviews and film studies. Why? Let's get it done. Get it. It's like 10 bucks a month. All right. Go get you some information, man. Brooks Austin puts out some superlative content. Please go check him out. All right. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, guys, because like I said last episode, we told you all the ways Georgia and Michigan stacked up, and we told you what the differences in the game were going to be. Obviously, line play. Okay, Georgia's defensive line versus Michigan's offensive line is a very intriguing matchup. I cannot wait to see how Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Trayvon Walker, and our defensive line, Devontae Wyatt, how we attack the Michigan offensive line. Who won the Joe Moore Award? Okay. To put that in context, though, everybody keeps talking about how Michigan's offensive line, the best in the nation. Well, we got to consider the competition. Right? I'm not saying they're not good because they are. They are good. They're big. They're mean. They're nasty. But they've also played in a lesser conference. Is that to say that they're not going to handle Georgia's defensive line? That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying, however, is they've not seen the likes of Georgia's defensive line, pure and simple. Okay? And I expect Georgia to come out hungry. I expect Georgia to come out ready to prove a point. I expect them to come out angry, focused, mission-oriented. And the mission is to win this game and go to Indianapolis to play Alabama or Cincinnati in the national championship. Fully expected to be Alabama. I'd be shocked if it was any other way. I'll take Cincinnati. It'd be cool. But I, I just don't see how Cincinnati has anything for Alabama. So some of the differences we told you in the last episode, outside of the statistical areas, right, where Georgia and Michigan are pretty much neck and neck, Georgia's team speed and depth, I believe, is what takes over this game. I do believe this will be a low-scoring game. The spread right now is Georgia's favorite at 7.5. I do believe Georgia covers that, but I believe they cover it late. I believe this is a close game in the fourth quarter, but that is where Georgia's team speed and more Specifically, their team depth will begin to take over. So I believe that Georgia wins this football game 27-13. That's my score prediction by 14 points. I think it's close. 
relatively close in the fourth quarter. Georgia gets a much-needed stop, or they get a big stop on defense, and then their offense methodically and slowly marches the field and puts in another score, sealing the game. JT has got a score prediction of 38-20 dogs, so he thinks there's going to be a little bit more of a lopsided contest in Georgia's favor. Either way, I'll take either one. I don't care. I just want Georgia to win, guys. Do I believe Georgia can win? Yeah. Do I believe Georgia does win? Yeah, I do. Would you expect me to say otherwise? I'll never pick against Georgia. So don't expect that. So if you're a Georgia fan, you know that, right? I'm not going to pick against Georgia. If you're a non-Georgia fan listening to this, of course you can say, well, he's a homer. Well, of course I am. It's my podcast. I'll be a homer if I want to. But, yes, I believe Georgia's team speed, I believe their size and physicality is matched by Michigan, but I don't believe Michigan can match the team speed. And they certainly can't match the team depth. I think overall talent becomes what is the difference here. Georgia's linebackers are very, very good in run defense. I think Michigan, while I do think they get some yards, they do gash a couple times. I don't think they can do it consistently enough to establish anything of a run game to where we have to respect both ends, both sides, both run and pass. And while Michigan has good wide receivers, they don't have the kind of dudes that Alabama has. Michigan's good. I'm not taking anything away from Michigan. And offensively, they've gotten better from the beginning of the season till now. Anybody can tell you that. But, again, I just don't – they haven't faced a defense like Georgia. Not even close. Okay? So, and I believe for all you Stetson haters, I believe Stetson's going to play much better. I think you're going to see a more patient, more focused Stetson. I think you're going to see probably a more designed run for Stetson, more designed runs for Stetson. You're going to see multiple tight ends in, in these formations, blocking specifically, trying to cut off – Aiden Hutchison and David Ajabo, two very good defensive linemen who can absolutely take over a game. But I fully expect Kirby and Todd Munkin and Matt Luke to have a very solid plan on how to block these guys. Are they going to get home? Probably. It's a matter of managing that. We can't let that become the theme. And I don't believe it does become a theme. I think Georgia's going to throw enough wrinkles in their offensive scheme to keep Michigan honest. I believe you're going to see a big day on the ground for Zamir White and James Cook. You're going to see a healthy dose of all of our backs. From what I understand, Kendall Milton's back healthy. Can't wait to see him. So between Zamir White, James Cook, Kenny McIntosh, and Kendall Milton, that's four backs you can continue to rotate and keep fresh. But here's my thing. Here's what I do hope. I do hope that if Zamir White has a groove, has a rhythm, keep him going, you know. But again, I'm not an OC. So whatever they decide to do, they have put together a game plan. And they know what they need to do. They know how to attack the Michigan defense better than I do, for sure. Well, guys, that's it. I told you I wasn't going to keep you very long. I really, really appreciate you guys listening. JTCB, get better. Can't wait to have you on the next episode. You dog fans that are traveling, hopefully you're listening to us while you're traveling. And I hope you have a very good time at the Orange Bowl 
down in Miami. Please be safe. Happy New Year. Merry late Christmas. Guys, we love y'all. Thank you so much. We can't thank you fans enough. It means a lot to us that you listen. It means even more to us when you tell us that you like us. It's good for my self-esteem. Makes me feel good. Appreciate it. Stick around. 2022 is going to be an even bigger, better year. We really, 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 really enjoy doing this. And we thank each and every one of you for listening, for subscribing. And we hope you continue to listen. Until next year, folks. Stay safe. God bless. And go dogs. Thank you.